I need you to articulate why you have a problem with William Shatner. There is just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. Okay. Just never my favorite character in Star Trek. Okay. Listen, I did not hate him in Star Trek. There were characters and actors that were way worse, but there's just, it's just a certain way that certain people carry themselves. And I just feel like he thinks that he's so fucking cool. Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing and now you're trying to feed him your body fluid. shall kill all of your hands and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage and write the Bible pages in the like you wear a dog. Wow. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hi. It's a Carly episode. Hey, nice. hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because this <laughs> hang tale on to your britches is a doozy. a doozy. Absolute doozy. I don't even know mm-hmm. how to say your name, Carly. What's the correct pronunciation okay. of her name? Well, okay. Preface this with saying, did I take high school French? Yes. I did too, good. I did too, Queenies. Do I remember any of it? No, I apologize to any of our listeners who took French, are French, but technically her name is Valerie Bacon. Valerie was born October 16th, 1980 in Saint-Éloire in France. Her mother was a delightful woman named Joelle Aubonia. I'm so sorry. We don't know who her father is. But either way, her mom and her dad separated in like 1992. Her mom was a very bad alcoholic, authoritarian, violent against Valerie. She was pretty neglectful. Like it was not a great relationship whatsoever. And after Valerie's parents separated and divorced, Joelle would quickly get together with a man. Some say that they got married, but I'm pretty sure it was technically just dating. They were just, it was just her boyfriend, this man named Daniel Paulette. So even though they were just dating, Valerie would always refer to him as her stepfather during this time. He was a 37-year-old truck driver. And essentially, this is basically all we know about him. And by December 1992, he had moved in with Joelle and Valerie. And this is where all the terrible shit begins. At the very beginning, Valerie is pretty happy with the new arrangement because she's thinking like, okay, I have a new stepfather. I can do what others do. I have like a normal family now. And apparently like he would kind of defend Valerie against her drunk mom here and there. So she thought like one more person on my side, this is going to be great. She's like 12 years old at this time. Unfortunately, Daniel immediately starts grooming her in a sexual predatory way. Valerie recounts one time, like this is where it all began. She was in the bathroom and he just walked in, she's 12 years old, walked in on her in the bathroom and immediately came in to show her how to properly wash herself, insisting she put on body lotion on her body and then just watching her bathe. Gross. Like right from the get, just awful. That's horrible. Horrible. That reminds me of the Turpin Thurton. Didn't they (laughs) watch somebody take a shower? They watched Mm -hmm. like her sister or something Mm -hmm. shower together. (sighs) 
she, he's 25 years older than her, regardless of age, it, it shouldn't happen, but he's 25 years older than her. He's dating her mother. Daniel would begin raping Valerie right after her first period, after she turned 12. Um, he would obviously take her virginity. Once he raped her so bad that she got like really severe carpet burn on her body. And every day she would come home from school, she would have her snack. And he would immediately tell her, you go upstairs. And like, everybody knew what that meant. So like Joelle, her mom is there. She is there. She's witnessing it. Like whether she's exactly in the room as it actually happens or not, she knows something is going on. She's absolutely aware. Okay. Even though later she completely denies it and it's complete and utter bullshit. She would tell the court later on that she just turned a blind eye when Daniel began to follow Valerie into the bathroom to sexually abuse her. We don't know much about Joelle and Daniel's relationship, really. It could very well be the case that she is a victim to him as well because he was not a nice person. He was a very bad guy, was obviously very comfortable abusing women, physically, sexually, whatever. Yeah, there's so got to be some abuse going on there with the mom definitely. as well. I totally agree with you because otherwise, what what's to stop her from saying, why don't you get the fuck out of here? Like, she's obviously afraid of him in some way. She's not stopping him. Right. 100%. There's obviously a reason why the mother is turning the blind eye. Joelle would later again say that, it all happened behind her back while she was at work. She did notice that Valerie would often sit on Daniel's lap, but assume that they were just really close. Are you you're no. just trying to convince yourself no. at this point? No. Because we're not that is not. No. We're not buying you know, this it. This shit is sick. These are red flags, all huge red flags. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. Bad news bears. But I did read other places that it was actually Daniel's sister who reported the abuse because she was aware of how he was and what was going on also. Either way, it gets reported. The abuse had continued until April 1996 when Daniel would end up being sentenced to four years in prison for the sexual assault of Valerie, which is on a minor under the age of 15. So you think, okay, great. He's away from her. Nope, because while he's in prison, Joelle literally visits it's him all the time and forces Valerie to go with her. This is just abuse on abuse. That's on abuse. abuse. On like abuse. regardless of whether you're a victim of the abuse and you're turning a blind eye to your daughter getting abused by the same man, there's no reason for you to force her to go to see her rapist in prison. Like you could, there's, you can just leave her home if you feel like you have to go. It's just manipulative and cruel. Later, Joelle would reject this, saying that Valerie wanted to go. But she would say that it was probably a mistake that she ever even began visiting him in prison in the first place. You, you think? think? You think so? Really? Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, really? I just, I can't believe this happened when it did. Quinnies, this shit happens all I know, it's still happening. I'm Quinnies. Even though Daniel would be sentenced to four years in prison, he would only spend two and a half years there. He would get released early. What happens? Joelle invites him immediately to come back and move in with them. What happens? Oh, he immediately starts abusing Valerie again. Joelle said like, well, he needed a base. We gave him a second chance, which maybe wasn't normal. Valerie says when he came. No, okay. The second chance, the second chance is- letting him borrow your car because he got into a fender bender last time. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the second yeah. chance. There's no second chances with the sexual abuse of your daughter. Like you're not a saint. You're not mother Teresa. You're not like harnessing the power <laughs> of forgiveness. Like who are you? <laughs> she had to like love him or think that she loved him or yeah. She's a victim in her own, in her own way also, but right. it still doesn't excuse what she did or didn't do for her 
for her daughter. Valerie, when she, you know, was talking about when he moved back in, she was like, he said he was gonna leave me alone this time. So like, maybe it'll be okay. Like my mom forgave him, like it might be okay, but no, it started up right again. And by the time that Valerie turned 17, she becomes pregnant by one of the rapes and Joelle throws her out of the house. The mom, she clearly knows what's going on. She's clearly aware of what's happening. And like, you can't get your kid on the pill. It's like the very least she could have done. Like there's something missing in mom's brain for this. Daniel also leaves the house. Daniel and Joelle break up. And we don't really know whether it's like by his own accord or like Joelle threw him out too. Not really sure. But Valerie has nowhere to go. So where does she go? She moves in with Daniel in the neighboring town of Odemal. This is just... She's 17. What is she going to do? She obviously like that probably doesn't have a job. She's in school. She's pregnant by her stepfather rapist. She's been thrown out. He's been thrown out by her mom who like wasn't great, but still it's, you know, her mom and her home. She has nowhere to go. So it's either choose to be on the streets and pregnant or go with your abuser. It's very uh, hard it's to hard, understand. But again, I guess if yeah. this has been happening to you repeatedly since you're 12 years old. Right. It's what you're used to. Again, Joelle would later say that she didn't do anything wrong. She says she didn't throw Valerie out of the house. Okay. But Valerie's like, no, my mom helped me pack my box of shit. She helped me pack my stuff to throw me out of her home. She goes, at first I thought my mother didn't know, but over her time, I realized she did, but just never did anything about it. To have to know that about your own mother, Joelle would say, oh, well, Valerie and Daniel were in a romantic relationship. Stepfather, stepdaughter. Joelle states that Valerie wrote her a letter saying that she, quote, Wanted to live my life and stay with my man while she apparently petitioned the court to be allowed to live with Daniel, which Joelle had opposed. According to Joelle, Valerie was then legally granted her request and they continued their romantic relationship. I looked to see if I could find any sort of proof. Nothing. I just tend to not believe anything that Joelle fucking says. Yeah, it's hard. She's not credible. She's not credible. Either way, Valerie and Daniel are living together. And what happens? They end up getting fucking married. Legally married. I'm not getting What the hell is going on? He's, okay, okay. They're granted the right to get married to each other. But he went to prison for raping her as a child. That's wild though. I'm trying to think if someone had gone to prison for rape, of a minor, and then the minor becomes an adult and marries the rape cinnamon. It, it has happened. Kinda. It has happened. Mary Kay Letourneau. You're it's so literally happened. Right. It's Mary fucking Kay Letourneau. Joelle, she can't keep her fucking mouth shut. She says, well, she watched her their marriage from a distance and assumed that they were happy. When asked whether she had ever been jealous of her daughter, she says, absolutely not. I'm not jealous by nature. Yeah. Congratulations. You're not a jealous person. You clearly have no defects in your personality whatsoever. You got it all figured out. You are a a perfect person because you are not jealous over this happenstance. Okay. Also, I was like, oh wait, I feel like I've heard a similar story to this. I feel like I've heard like a stepfather, stepdaughter getting married before like this has happened. Woody Allen and Soon Yi. Have you seen Allen versus Pharaoh? No, it is just, (laughs) oh man, this is this Carly. You're absolutely right. It's the same exact situation. Stepdad comes in. I highly recommend. Well, I do. And I don't (laughs) recommend it. Okay. It's like leaving Neverland. I do. And I do not recommend it. Like once you see it, 
you cannot unsee it. Like, I'm so bummed. Is anything, like, really is any, can no. anything be cool and good anymore? No. I know it's unbelievable. I know it's everything sucks. The day really that Big sucks. Bird has a sex scandal is going to be the day that's going to ruin my <laughs> life because he's literally the only thing left. Yo, yo, tickle me. Elmo is pushing it, dude. There's nothing left, but yeah, no, Carly, this is exactly what you're talking about. When you're at that advantage too, to be able to take advantage of the child at such a young age and you're yeah. able to manipulate them and shit and turn them into kind of what you want, then by that point, it's they're already sick he's already formed her into what he exactly what he wants because mm-hmm. he's had that advantage and been in the pre- the presence in the home shocker they don't have a great relationship daniel has complete and utter control over valerie's life in every way he's obviously still sexually abusing her because like according to her like they did not ever have consensual sex okay so regardless of whether she has been manipulated in some way to feel that she does have any sort of feeling for him or love him or whatever like which can very well happen but it was not consensual and that wasn't the only abuse either because he's obviously still he's also psychologically abusing her and physically abusing her he's a very aggressive person and he also had an addiction to porn which did not help matters at all and he would often get drunk and turn violent and the first time he actually hit valerie was because she hadn't tied it up the kids toys just like slapped her across the face in the dining room because he was pissed and then as the relationship goes on it escalates to kicking punching he once broke her nose and attacked her with a hammer until she fell unconscious it's bad it's, it's, it's bad it's yeah it, it, can it, i don't know can he get any worse at this point constant state of fear for her. absolutely He would not allow Valerie to have a job. So she really never left the house. Wouldn't allow her to use contraception. So she would end up having three more kids by her stepfather turned husband. So four kids total. I fucking believable. Oh, if I didn't hate him so much before, just that little detail of like, oh, and also you can't stop having my kids if I want you to. Like that's just monstrous. And it's weird because it's like, why... Does he want the kids? You, you think, right? At first. Yeah. You're like, well, why yeah, but- would he want the kids around? Why would he want to cramp the style like that? Because he wants the next generation to fucking groom. Oh, you're so right. He's just he's, he's just making just more constant. young kids. Yeah. Wow. As if things could not get worse, considering how often he would rape her and the fact that she couldn't use contraception, it's a miracle she only had four kids. Honestly, yeah, it really the is. amount yeah. of how many times since she was yeah. 12 years old that he raped her, that the fact that it took until she was 17 to even fall pregnant the first time is mm-hmm. insane, you know? And if he's beating her half as much as we right. think that he is, then she's probably, yeah, she, it's probably been a lot of heartache for her. Yeah. Valerie said Daniel had always physically abused and emotionally tortured her, but this is when he started threatening to kill her and the children with a gun. At times would even pull the trigger as he pointed what she did not know at the time was an unloaded gun at her head. He would tell her, you're lucky it's not today. He says, you're lucky it's not today. There's nothing in it, but next time I will not miss. So mind you, like she's been with what she's been through with her, with her mom. The dad's nowhere to be found. She's been dealing with this guy since she was 12. Now she's fucking legally married to him, having his kids. And it's just escalating and escalating and escalating, getting worse and worse and worse. And now the children are also involved. And not only are they around it, 
they're seeing it. They're seeing how he treats her. And like, they're obviously going to be in the mix in some way. In 2002, they're still together. They start having some money issues. Apparently his truck driving wasn't doing so hot. I don't know. So he would force Valerie into prostitution. He would pimp her out to his fellow truck drivers. I think this is also a reality that we don't, that happens a lot behind the, behind this, this floats around some of our serial killers and, but really bad violent offenders getting passed around Mm -hmm. against your will. Yeah. That's, that's awful. Like every time you think that's the worst and then another thing, it just goes off, you know, it just keeps going. A psychiatrist Dr. Dennis Prier said that at the time of the domestic abuse, Valerie like no longer had free will. Like she was not able to turn to the law or any assistance because her husband was always there. Even if he had let her have a free moment, like she was so battered down, like she wouldn't have had the wherewithal to do it herself anyway. So Daniel starts pimping her out out of their family minivan. He would speak to her in an earpiece threatening her the whole time not to ask the men who paid him for sex with her for any help. And this would go on for 14 years. This is like JC. Yeah. This is like, he's made a whole new identity for her. He has completely shaped. It's every, every inch of her life. He has just taken it. He's in, he's infiltrated everything. Like yeah. Fabricated everything. her whole existence. Yep. If she ever left him, he would kill her and their children. Don't worry. One day you'll be leaving here, but it will be feet first and the kids too. I don't put it past him. Absolutely not. He's done everything else that he said he was going to do. 100%. But even if he doesn't mean it, he knows full well, that's the one thing to say to her to make her not mm-hmm. go anywhere. Yep. Obviously, like we said, Valerie is in a constant state of fear. She is afraid all the time, every moment of every day. She's completely under Daniel's control, every part of her life. She would later state that she could have tolerated all of it. She could have tolerated the abuse, the rapes, the prostitution, all of it. And she did for so many years upon end, just every single day she dealt with this until one day something would change. Valerie had heard Daniel ask their then 14-year-old daughter how she was sexually. And she knew then that he was obviously trying to groom her for serial rape and she knew like she had to stop him like it's not she can't this is not going to happen how does that come up in conversation oh by the way daughter yeah oh yeah tell me about you sexually she's 14 so obviously that is the straw that breaks the camel's back at this point like valerie is done this is this is the last yeah. absolute last straw she could tolerate everything against her and she did so now valerie's 40 years old first she tries to poison daniel with some sleeping pills but she was unsuccessful On March 13th of 2016, following a violent prostitution-related situation, which I don't really know anything more about, Valerie would shoot Daniel in the neck with his gun, finally killing him. One shot. She says, I took the gun. There was a loud noise, the flash, the smell. I got out of the car, opened the door, and he fell. I thought only of saving myself because I was sure he was going to kill me. Because it was in self-defense, obviously. Right. She then goes on. She has to tell her two older kids that she had killed, quote, the monster that they called their father. And they, the kids would later admit to helping Valerie bury his body in a forest. Like they willingly helped her in a forest. Because they all knew. Everyone's aware. They knew. Exactly. Valerie, like the whole time she's like packing dirt as quick as she can onto the grave. She's worried that he's going to come back to life. She's terrified that it didn't really kill him when it definitely did. Like just that level of that level of terror. Yeah. 
the lifetime of, fear. you know, a just. whole lifetime of fear of just like, there's no way that he's really gone. That he's right. really never coming back. Right. She did it with her own hands and she still doesn't believe that it's truly happened. She says, the only thing I thought about was putting dirt on it because I was afraid he would come out and kill us. And for a while he's there and nobody knows like his body would not be found for a while. In October of 2017 is when the mother of Valerie's son's girlfriend, the son who had been involved in the hasty burial had turned Valerie in. Yeah. See, that's the, that is just, that's the thing too, is like, you hear this story, you hear this for all these horrible things that have happened to this woman. She kills her husband in what I believe her was in self-defense. Totally. I believe her 100%. she hides the body, which is ultimately, you can't do that. You just can't do that. Yeah, you just can't. And she didn't have to. It It speaks to how scared yeah. She is of what ultimately of what she's done and scared of losing yes. her kids and all of these yes. things. But it, but you're right, Quinny. Like you just you don't have to do that. But she didn't know any better at that point. That's also true because her whole upbringing. She know, you know what I mean? She yeah, yeah, you're right. October 2017, Valerie and her two oldest children are arrested. Valerie's indicted for murder, while her two children are indicted for concealment of a corpse and not reporting a crime. Meanwhile, her case completely explodes in the media. Like everyone throughout France, throughout Europe, everybody is aware of what has happened and why. Okay. And so like the people who are already fighting against domestic violence are like going absolutely apeshit over this. Over 580,000 people sign a petition to ask the French president, Emmanuel Macron, for a presidential pardon. 580,000 people sign this petition. Like that's just- That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, Valerie and her children- Do the right thing, Emmanuel. Yeah. You know- Because this is really, it's a huge issue. Well, there was a whole thing because like the government was trying to argue that the president like shouldn't get involved. Is this a matter of the law and the court? Very French argument. Yeah, like, okay. Great. But Valerie and her children would be released under judicial supervision in 2018 pending the trial. Meanwhile, the media is still going absolutely crazy and haywire. And a television interview in France ahead of her trial with Valerie had 4.5 million viewers. Like everyone needed to know what was going on. Valerie is like fully aware she could spend the rest of her life in prison. Like she killed her husband point blank. Regardless of what the self-defense or not, it happened and then she hid the body and didn't tell anyone for a long time, right? Right. Better than the rest of her life with him. Still loads better. She says, I would, I deserve to go to jail a very long time. That's normal. But this trial is not only mine, but that of the other, she says, referring to Daniel. I hope that I can be stronger than him and for once in my life win against him. So she killed him. He is dead and she still thinks that she has not won. And this is like just... Unfortunately, another story that is not all on that uncommon where women no, are prisoners. No, no. Like women are prisoners. In... People watching that interview, that tells yes. you how many people in France are dealing with getting beat up by their husbands Absolutely. or their spouses. Honestly, like it Absolutely. is common as hell. Mm-hmm. As if it all wasn't bad enough, she blames herself. Because all after all of the years of the abuse, you start to believe that you are actually the cause of it. But like, really, that's not the case at all it's just that that's what you start to tell yourself over the years so on november 21st 2019 the trial of her children who helped hide the body of their father took place in Mecon in France. On December 19th, the juvenile court followed the recommendations of the prosecution and sentenced them to six months suspended prison sentence for concealing a corpse. So pretty much like that's it. In May of 2021, 
Valerie would write her memoir detailing her life with Daniel and the tyranny. And it's called To Le Mans Save, which is what is um, translated to everyone new. Because they did. And she dedicates it to her children. The dedication just says, It was published in 10 days. 10 days. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. What? And instantly becomes a bestseller. Here's an excerpt from that. Everyone suspected. Many people had their own idea of what could happen to me in the privacy of the home the beatings, the trivialized violence, the daily humiliations, all the invariants of this life that is not really one. One day, so that he does not kill us, I killed him. Since that night, that night of March 13th, 2016, sleep has never found me again. I think about my trial these five days before a seized court of chalon sur seon I think, during which the company will ask me to tell my story. It is still a fight between him and me. Can I be understood? Will I be listened to or heard? Is he still capable of hurting me or sending me to end my life in prison? Lifetime of abuse. Lifetime. Lifetime. Totally. She, has, like we said, has she's been his prisoner and probably permanent always will be yeah. his prisoner. Permanent yeah. damage for sure. So Valerie's trial would begin on June 21st, 2021, where she faced life imprisonment. And before the trial, she declared that she was deserving of a sentence and she would later admit to shooting Daniel. Like she did not deny the fact of what happened. Granted, she hid the body, but she says, yes, I deserve a sentence and I did kill him. Her lawyers had earlier told the court that she had been driven to kill her husband because of the extreme violence that she had suffered for 25 years and the fear that her daughter would be next. Makes fucking sense, you know? It does, yeah. Of course. And her case is actually very similar to another French woman, Jacqueline Sauvage, who was jailed for shooting her abusive husband dead after 47 years of abuse. Okay. In 2016, also in 2016, she received a presidential pardon after serving two years of her 10-year sentence and the same legal team that she had went to work on Valerie's case so that is why so many people are like give Valerie a presidential pardon like Mm -hmm. it let's not let this shit still fucking occur like let her you know let her be free the prosecution tried to argue that the murder was premeditated but the court wasn't fucking having it. If I premeditated, do you mean, did she probably think in her head, like, I wish this motherfucker would die. <laughs> would you know? die <laughs> right now. Please. <laughs> like one day, don't come home from work. You're on the road all the time, get into an accident. But no, it was not a premeditated event. Psychologists who examined her said that the protection of her children was key in Valerie's reaction. Like he confirmed that she absolutely without a doubt suffered from battered woman syndrome battered women's syndrome has been identified as a subcategory of post-traumatic stress disorder they found six groups of criteria that were part of battered women's syndrome intrusive recollections of the trauma events hyper arousal and high levels of anxiety avoidance behavior and emotional numbing disrupted interpersonal relationships body image distortion and or somatic or physical complaints and also severe sexual intimacy issues. So yeah, they have this survivor therapy empowerment program. It's called STEP and it's this formal application of a combination of feminist and trauma therapy. And it's a 12 unit program that they now have and they offer it in jails and it's useful for women with substance abuse as well as for those with interpersonal violence. So it does also happen to men as well, but it's much more common 
men and women. So essentially, that means that in order to not die and to also protect the lives of her children, Valerie no longer had the ability to make a reasonable right. decision. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready because to kill him. Right? Get I'm the same. I'm same. I'm hyped and ready to. I'm ready to go right now. And then, like, and I didn't spend, you know. 25 years yeah. with the man. With him exactly. alongside of them, right. And they gain all those psychological symptoms from that. Mm-hmm. And then they're not able to like regain control of the situation. They lose control of the situation completely. And extremely terrifying, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, that it could just happen, that you just don't, like that, that it's just going on around the corner and no one, but nobody's talking about it. Very scary. Or doing anything about it. Valerie's three eldest children, would testify about their family life. All three of them insist that their mother is not guilty. They had only she'd only killed Daniel to protect them after the police had refused to help. Oh, the police? Oh, is this what? the first time? Is this the first time we're hearing about the police today? You heard right. You heard it. Her children went to the police more than once to try to get help for their mother. The police turned them away because they were minors. Wow. Oh, France. Ooh, are you I joking mean, me? Tell me what's up, France, because like this isn't making any fucking sense. God, what? 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 <laughs> I'm really there with you on that one. That's really tough for me to. Again, this is also something that happens so often about the fact that people see these things happen. Children, family members, friends, they see their friend being abused. They see their friend in this situation. They want to go to authorities about it. They want to tell someone because they feel afraid that their friend or their family member's life is in danger. Why can we not go? I'm sorry, I'm really not trying to yell, but like it gets me (laughs) so hyped. It gets me so hyped. Why can someone not walk into a station and say that these things are occurring and it be taken seriously. Freaking blood boiling to me. If a child is coming into the station and they are telling you that their mother is in danger and you are going to disregard it. This is why people end up dead. Think of the level of courage they would have had to muster to walk in in the first place to the police station Mm -hmm. to tell their story away from their father. Lord knows that if he found out that they were there, what they would do, what he would do to them, right? Only to get told, no, thanks. We're not going to help you turn you away. And then to somehow muster the courage another time, at least one other time, if not more, like after the first time, you're like, well, they're not going to do anything for me. What's the point? You know what I mean? You could easily have made that choice. Okay. So now I understand the presidential pardon more. Yeah. Because the whole the government fucked up by yeah. not and then taking you wonder, this seriously. Right. And then you wonder why people don't trust or talk to the cops or authority. Shit gets really fucked up, though, in the trial when Valerie's mother, Joelle, takes the fucking stand. OK, so at, we've already touched upon this a little bit here and there of the shit Joelle is spewing from her mouth. I know I we've said it. I know she's probably a victim, but like, <laughs> what the fuck? The shit she is spewing from her mouth. This is a real, real tough situation right here, though. This is a tough situation, too. The mother obviously had some issues, but if there really comes a time where, like, there's just no excuse for it. The absolute least she could have done is fucking back up her fucking daughter in court when he's Make up for lost time. Okay. Yep. She she hates her. She's jealous of her. She's absolutely jealous jealous of her. her. 
So she would go on the stand and she would contradict Valerie's testimony completely while also defending all of her actions. It all happened behind her back. She had literally no idea that anything was amiss. Okay. But then she would also testify that Daniel and Valerie had wanted to be together. So they were happy. And she said, Valerie did not have to kill him in order to escape the marriage. When asked whether Valerie could have escaped the relationship without killing Daniel, she said, oh yeah, there were other solutions. So she fucking says... It all happened behind my back. I had no idea. Or she also says, I turned a blind eye. Like I may have been aware, but I turned a blind eye. Like, I'm not really sure. Like maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. But like, I was probably at work. So like, not a big deal. I wasn't probably physically there to stop it. So I don't really know, you know? Yeah, it's okay. really, really sick. It's really, really, really it sick, really sick is. situation. It really is. And we see this, right? Like this is a, this is a big trope too with the older woman mm-hmm. has a husband, has a wandering mm-hmm. eye and they mm-hmm. say, well, you know, if, if that girl wasn't such a little slut, then he would be able to control himself. You know, if she didn't wear that outfit, this is the same shit. And it's very like confusing in your mind when it's coming out of the mouth of a woman. I know. You're like, do you, don't you understand that this is like being fed to you? Like, this is a, like, this is a totally, oh, Joelle is the worst. The worst. She can go right to hell, Joelle. (laughs) She can. To hell, Joelle. (laughs) Next to take the stand is Daniel's brother, Alain who described his older brother as despicable, a violent thug with ready access to weapons who fought with his father and kept the whole family in a state of terror. Sounds about right. Thank you. Thank you. He says, I hid with one of my brothers one day between the wall and a cupboard because I thought he was going to kill us. I can't say anything positive about him. I lived in the devil's house because the devil was in it. What he did to Valerie, he's not the victim. It's her. His own brother. His own brother. I believe it. I, that, you know, if I that's it not too. proof of like the true, yeah. He trust. is a vile and abusive character for whom the term monster was too kind. Who else agrees is Regine and Josiane, two of Daniel's former lovers, who said he was also controlling and abusive towards them too. And when asked whether he would have been capable of killing Valerie while they were married, each one of them replied said, yep, absolutely yes. No one has actually disputed the accusations or come to Daniel's defense, minus Joelle in, a, in whatever way she's fucking saying. Not his family or anyone else is saying like, no, no way. Okay, later his sister would say it too. Exes, okay, they're all like, absolutely yes. Like he's a murderous son of a bitch. It's like Josh Powell's former girlfriend. Yes. She yes. Know, they know full well, like that could be me. On the fourth day of court, Valerie fainted with shock and relief after hearing the sentence sought against her by the prosecutors. They could have asked for life in prison. They asked for a sentence of five years in prison with four years of the term suspended. And she had already spent a year in jail prior to the trial. So while she's facing a life sentence and she knew she deserved a sentence, she said so, like she said as much. She was not contesting the fact that she did in fact murder Daniel and she was just going to plead leniency. She did not expect that them to only ask for five years for the four years suspended. Yeah. Okay, like emergency services had to go in there and attend to her in the courtroom and make sure she's okay because she just fell to the floor. Yeah, just had no idea. So on June 25th, 2021, Valerie was sentenced to four years in prison with three years suspension. And since she already spent one year in pretrial detention, she was free to return home to her children. She leaves the courtroom. 
she leaves the courthouse. Okay. And everyone is out there because obviously everyone needs to know how this turned out. The media has been crazy. Everyone knew what was going on. There's a huge crowd and everyone is applauding and yelling bravo when she leaves. Like, you know, to get that reception after a trial of murdering your husband. Yeah. It's like a really, yeah, but it's a nice kind of, that's kind of like an endearing part of the story. Really. It It is. is. Yeah. Cause it's like a victorious moment, which we rarely get in our crime. Exactly. (laughs) She would tell, tell reporters outside of the courthouse that I'm not relieved. I'm completely shattered physically and mentally after all of that. Like she's just, she can't even say like, yeah, okay, good. Now I can breathe. Like she's just so broken mm-hmm. even still that she just can't. Her lawyer, um, Natalie Tomasini said, justice has been administered and we are particularly moved. She said, for me, it's an immense victory that the woman is going back to her children tonight and I'm very moved. And although she wanted the defense of battered woman syndrome to be accepted in France as legitimate self-defense as it was in Canada, like they're working towards that. Mm -hmm. So even though the psychologist like confirmed that is what she suffered from and it is a type of self-defense, they technically couldn't really even use that as the it's not an affirmative defense under the law right wow like if anyone should get it it should be fucking her like and as we saw she was still suffering from it so bad even after he had already passed this trial just happened the beginning of the summer 2021 and she's still he's been dead this long and she's been technically living a life free of him Mm -hmm. for this long and she's still is not free and not convinced. You know what I mean? Valerie would go on to thank the court and like all the support she's had from everyone. She says now is the time for a new fight for all the other women. Like she wants women who've been in her position, like other women who deal with the shit every single fucking day. It's their time now. Daniel's fucking family. Don't regret his death one fucking bit. The rage, Carla, the rage from Carla. I know, I love it. It's amazing. It is. I only say that because Daniel's such a motherfucker. They were great. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to live in fear anymore. Exactly. And he wasn't even living with them anymore. And they still, you know, like his sister said in an interview after the trial, she says, the person I thank the most in the world is Valerie because she killed him. She did what I should have done for a long time. She goes on to say that Daniel raped her, his own sister, when she was 12. His own fucking sister he really was a monster he was a fucking real monster he really was so unfortunately like we said valerie's story is not as unique or uncommon as we would like we talked about um jacqueline savage who killed her husband after abusing her for 47 years there was a couple other cases but i didn't want to just go into a whole bunch of facts and figures and numbers and stuff but right fucking happens yeah but valerie's supporters the reason that they all signed the petition is because they felt like her case should have had the same consideration as jacqueline's like the presidential pardon like we said both of these women were failed by a system that did not protect them for the years of documented abuse and it happens so often 2021 43 in france 43 women have already lost their lives at the hands of their partners or husbands wow that's crazy carly you know in france alone leslie valerie said in her autobiography in her book which i tried so fucking hard to get an english version and there mm-hmm. is none it is uh, nowhere and i'm like i can't buy this fucking book i don't know enough of my fucking high school french to try to fucking yeah. get through it but she said in her autobiography i simply wanted to protect myself protect my life the life of my children and in my eyes nothing else ever mattered after i decided to do this case i didn't realize october is domestic violence awareness month the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233 everything she wrote in her memoir that 
at least I could see, which I'm sure goes into such grave, terrible detail. But it reminds me of that book, A Child Called It. Yes. Okay, well, the series of books. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of yeah. that. Like yeah. such heinous, heinous abuse, which granted mm-hmm. it was like a mom and the son or whatever, but people fucking knew and nothing was done until way late. I remember reading that book when I was in middle school, just and being like destroyed by destroyed it. Just being like, oh broken, my God. Yes. Girl. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the uplifting story of Valerie Beckel. Valerie, we shout out to Valerie. We love, we love you, Valerie. Do not advocate killing anyone for any reason. We don't. But this, I think you, our audience will agree that this is an exceptional set of circumstances here. This is exactly this is a lifetime of abuse, fearing for your life, your whole life. No excuse for killing someone. But and this, you can see how this could happen. Yeah. Right. And like we said, she probably shouldn't have hit his body. Yeah. Probably should have just told someone what right. happened. Right. Not the easiest thing in the world to do, but. I do have a couple questions before any final thoughts. Think about this. Daniel, he has been an abuser. Bastard. Fucking rat bastard. What he did as a profession was truck driving. How many victims must he have had throughout You're the so fucking right, Carly. highways? You know what I mean? That never even went, came forward or anything. A trail. Yep. Just 100. A, yep. He got that he got that idea of prostituting Valerie out to other truck drivers real, real quick. quick. You can't no, tell you're me that. absolutely right. You know what I mean? That hasn't happened once or twice or 90 times. They're on the side of France close to the Switzerland border. Mm-hmm. Like that he could easily, yeah, you're right Carly someone should look into unsolved rape right. cases or right. assaults in that area when he was there you're right because yeah. if he's after his sister Come at on. 12 yeah. like I think you're right it's in it's everything he does and who knows there could be homicides out there we don't know second question for our official legal quitty I know that you don't know the France law just hypothesize the self-defense claim right we know that Valerie shot him in self-defense because there was a violent prostitution related incident on that particular day right march 13th but could she not have also claimed self-defense at any time because of the years and all of the fucking abuse like really though like right i don't know no. i'm just a, i'm just a civilian but like what the you fuck can't, you can't because it's not that you can't sure you can say that but and it's probably true. Mm-hmm. Insanely hard to prove. How can you prove that? How can sure. you prove that you were in a, which I believe she was yeah. in an immediate fear for her life for years. All the time. Yeah. All the time. 100% of the time. In order to say, in order to claim self-defense for murdering him, she it would have to had be... to in the moment, At the moment. believe yeah, yeah, that yeah. her life was in danger, which right. I'm sure she did. It's shitty because that's not, that has nothing to do with the way things actually go down. Like it's true. The woman had no, she was trapped. She was completely like, she had no fucking free will. Final thoughts, Gwynny. What have we learned? Shit sucks. That's what we Keep learned. your yeah. fucking hands to yourself. Oh yeah. my. Also, like, trust no one, really. Trust like, no, one no one ever. Years and years and years before you can really trust someone. And even then, still question it. Her like, own mother still couldn't give her a fucking, you're right. Like, she couldn't that's just, do anything. Yeah, it's just a sickness. It's just a it sickness. It is. It is. <sighs> nope. It just, really is. Uh, no. Just nope. Fuck. Just 
go i don't even care you're listening to the show you're cleaning the house just go open your kid's bedroom door just go take a peek around and see what the <laughs> fuck is going on yeah, i don't even on care just go just go just i don't care the door's shut you're trying to give him some privacy go bust that fucking door open right now and just look around a little bit okay i don't okay. care and I, okay and i thought about this too I think about this all the fucking time. Say Mike and I ever divorce for whatever reason, okay? I've already got an entire plan about what I will or will not allow for any future partner of mine to come into my kids' lives or into my home. And God fucking forbid any woman that Michael would ever be with, you need to be solidly dating them for at least a year before they meet my children. You're not fucking having sleepovers with them in the house. Like, no, like I have a list I could go on for hours, okay? (laughs) Like, Like I need a fucking background check. Okay, because you can't fucking trust anybody. Anybody. No. no Probably we no. both know that you would be in in a <laughs> Valerie Becco situation if with Mike's new wife. Like you would be like, this is, I shot her in self-defense. Like this, no. She would not survive. <laughs> I, oh, we know. Quinny, we know. <laughs> we know. We know. You don't it's even have to say it, <laughs> We already the more, know. Listen, I will say the the bonus moms and dads out there that are doing a great job. Okay. Sure. Kids need all the love, but get with my husband who would then be my ex-husband. Fuck around and find out. You're, you're going be, down. You're you not going to be know. in you my kids or my life. Before. You fuck around yeah. and find fuck out. Fuck around right? and find out. Okay. And that's why I'm like, my kids aren't going to go for sleepovers ever. Anywhere. It's not okay. It's never normal to just take a kid into the next room and you don't know what they're doing. That's not normal. No. It's just no. not there's no reason to assume that it will be fine just just pop, pop the head in there no. oh poor valerie god i know but poor she valerie. survived it all and she is a free woman she's yep. with her children if anybody knows where to get a copy an english word copy of that Please. book tell us Let because it'll make carly's Allah. life my whole life will be made right. love, love you beanies so bye. much bye listen to straight up evil